Good morning. Oh, hope you're ready for chapter 27 of Laura Eagles Wilder's former boy titled Christmas. For a long time, it seemed that Christmas would never come. On Christmas, Uncle Andrew and Aunt Delia, Uncle Wesley and Aunt Lindy, and all the cousins were coming to dinner, and it would it would be the best dinner of the whole year, and a good boy might get something in his stocking. Bad boys found nothing but switches in their stocking on Christmas morning. Amanda tried to be good for so long that he could hardly stand the strain. But at last, there was the day before Christmas, and Alice and the Royal and Eliza Jane are home again. The girls were cleaning the whole house, and Mother was baking. Royal helped Father with the threshing, but Amanda had the help in the house. He remembered the switch and tried to be willing and cheerful. He had to scour the steel knives and forks and polish the silver. He had to wear an apron around his neck. He took the scouring brick and scraped a pile of red dust off it, and then with a wet cloth, he rubbed the dust up and down on the knives and forks. The kitchen was full of delicious smells. Newly baked bread was cooling. Frosted cakes and cookies and mince pies and pumpkin pies filled the pantry shelves. Cranberries bubbled on the stove. Mother was making dressing for the goose. Outdoors, the sun was shining on the snow. The icicles twinkled all along the eaves far away. Sleigh bells faintly jingled, and from the barns came the joyful thud, 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 thud of the flails. But when all the steel knives and forks were done, Amanda simply polished the silver. Then he had to run to the attic for sage. He had to run down cellar for apples and upstairs again for onions. He filled the wood box. He hurried in the cold to fetch water for the pump. He thought maybe he was through then anyway for a minute, but no, he had to polish the dining room side of the stove. Do the parlor side yourself, Eliza Jane, mother said. Amanza might still might spill the blacking. Amanza's insides quaked. He knew what would happen to mother knew about the black splotch. Hidden down the parlor while he didn't want to get a switch in his Christmas stocking, but he would far rather find a switch there than have father take him to the woodshed. That night everyone was tired and the house was so clean and neat that nobody dared touch anything. After supper mother put the stuff fat goose, and the little pig into the heater's oven to roast slowly all night. Father set the dampers and would wound the clock. Amanda and Royal hung cling socks on the back of the chair of a chair, and Alice and Eliza hung stockings on the back of another chair. Then they all took candles and went to bed. It was still dark when Amanda woke up. He felt excited, and then he remembered that this was Christmas morning. He jerked back the covers and jumped in- onto something alive that squirmed. It was Royal. He had forgotten Royal. That Royal was there, but he scrambled over him yelling, Christmas, Christmas, Merry Christmas. He pulled his trousers over his nightshirt. Royal jumped out of bed and lighted the candle. Amazo grabbed the candle, and Royal shouted, Hi, leave that be. Where's my pants? But Amazo was already running downstairs. Alice and Eliza Jane were flying from the room. When Amazo beat them, he saw his stocking. He saw a sock hanging all lumpy. He set down the candle and grabbed his sock. The first thing he pulled out was a cap, a cotton cap. The plaid cloth was machine woven, so was the lining. Even the sewing was machine sewing, sewing, and the earmuffs were buttoned over the top. Amanza yelled he had not even hoped for such a cap. He looked at it inside and out, and he, he felt the cloth had sleek lining. He put the cap on his head. It was a little strange because he was growing, so he could wear it a long time. Eliza, Jane, and Alice were digging into their stockings and schooling, and Royal had a silk muffler. Amanda thrust his hand into a sock again and pulled out a nickel's worth of whorehound candy. He bit off the end of one stick. The outside melted like maple sugar, but the inside was hard and could be sucked for hours. Then he pulled out a new pair of mittens Mother had knit 
the wrist and backs and a fancy stitch. He pulled out an orange and he pulled out a little package of dried figs and he thought that was all. He thought no boy ever had a better Christmas. But in the toe of the sock was still something more. It was small and thin and hard. Although Amaza could imagine what it was, he pulled it out and it was a jackknife. It had four blades. Amazo yelled and yelled. He snapped all the blades open, sharp and shining, and he yelled, Alice, look, look, Raoul, looky, looky, my jackknife, looky, my cap. Father's voice came out of the dark bedroom and said, look at the clock. They all looked at one another, then Raoul held up the candle, and they looked at the tall clock. Its hands pointed to half past three. Even Eliza Jude did not know what to do. They had to wake up, they had waked up father and mother an hour and a half before time to get up. What time is it, father asked. Amanda looked at Royal Royal, and Amanda looked at Liza Jane. Liza Jane swallowed and opened her mouth, but Alice said, Merry Christmas, father. Merry Christmas, mother. It's, it's 30 minutes before, father. The clock said, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick. Then father chuckled. Royal opened the damper of the heater, and Eliza Jane stirred up the kitchen fire and put the kettle on. The house was warm and cozy when father and mother got up, and they had a whole hour to spare. There was time to enjoy the presents. Alice had a gold locket, and Eliza Jane had a pair of garnet earrings. Mother had knitted new lace collars and black ace mitts for them both. Royal had the silk muffler and a fine leather wallet, but Amanda thought he had the best presents of all. It was a wonderful Christmas. Then Mother began to hurry and to hurry everyone else. There were the chores to do, the milk to skim, the new milk to strain and put away, breakfast to eat, vegetables to be peeled, and the whole house must be put in order, and everybody dressed up before the company came. The sun rushed up the sky. Mother was everywhere, talking all the time. Amanda washed her ears. Goodness, goodness mercy, Royal, don't stand around underfoot. Eliza Jane, remember you're paring those potatoes, not slicing them. Don't leave so many eyes they can see to jump out of the pot. Count the silver, Alice, and piece it out with the steel knives and forks. The best bleached tablecloths are on the bottom shelf. Mercy on us, look at that clock. Sleighbells came jingling up the road, and Mother slammed the oven door and ran to change her apron and pin on her brooch. Alice ran downstairs, and Liza Jane ran upstairs. Both of them told the Amanda to straighten his collar. Father was calling Mother to fold his cravat. Then Uncle Wes's high sleigh stopped with a large clash of bells. Amanda ran out, whooping, and Father and Mother came behind him, as calm as if they had never hurried and never hurried in their lives. Frank and Fred and Abner and Mary tumbled out of the sleigh, all bolted up before Aunt Lindy had ended. Mother the baby, Andrew, Uncle Andrew's sleigh was coming. The yard was full of boys, and the house filled with hoop scoops. The uncles stamped snow off their boots and unwound their mufflers. Royal and Cousin James drove the sleighs into the buggy house. They unhitched the horses and marched them outdoors. Fred and Abner and John came sailing after them, and Mother's knees wobbled. He was afraid Royal would tell Father. Let me catch you boys fooling around those colts again, Royal said, and I'll tell Father and Uncle Wesley you'll get the hides thrashed off you. Royal shook a muzzle so hard that he couldn't tell how hard Royal was shaking Frank. Then he snuck their heads together and Monzo saw stars. Let that teach you to fight on Christmas Day for shame, Royal said. I only didn't want to I only didn't want him to scare Starlet and Monzo said. Shut up, said Royal, don't be a tattletale. Now you behave yourselves or you'll wish you had. Go wash your hands, it's dinner time. They all went into the kitchen and washed their hands. Mother and the aunt and the girl cousins were taking up the Christmas dinner. The dining table had been turned around and pulled up till it was almost as long as the dining room and every inch of it was loaded with good things to eat. Amazo bowed his head and shut his eyes tight while Father said the blessing. It was a long blessing because this was Christmas Day. 
But at last, Amalda could open his eyes. He sat and silently looked at that table. He looked at the crisp, crackling little pig lying on the blue platter with an apple in his mouth. He looked at the fat, gross goose, the drumstick sticking up, and the edges of dressing curling out. The sound of the father's knife sharpening with the wet stone made him even hungrier. He looked at the big bowl of cranberry jelly and at the fluffy mountain of mashed potatoes with nothing but a trickling down it. He looked at the heap of mashed turnips and the golden baked squash and the pale fried parsnips. He swallowed hard and tried not to look anymore. He couldn't help seeing the fried apples and onions and the candied carrots. He couldn't help grazing at the triangles of pie waiting by his plate and the spicy pumpkin pie, the melting cream pie, the rich dark mints oozing from the between the mince pie's flaky crust. He squeezed his hands together between his knees. He had to sit silent and wait, but he felt aching and hollow inside. All grown-ups at the head of the table must be served first. They were passing the plates and talking and heartlessly laughing. The tender pork fell, fell away in slices on the father's carving knife. The white bee breast of the goose went piece by piece from the bare breastbone. Spoons ate up the clear cranberry jelly and gouged deep into the mashed potatoes and ladled away the round gravies. Amanda had to wait to the very last. He was the youngest of all, except Abner and the babies, and Abner was company. At last, Amanda's plate was filled. The first taste made a pleasant feeling inside him, and it grew and grew while he ate and ate and ate. He ate till he ate, could eat no more, and he felt very good inside. For a while, he slowly nibbled bits from his second piece of fruitcake. Then he put the fairy fruity slice in his pocket and went out to play. Royal and James were choosing sides to play a snow fort. Royal chose Frank and James chose Amanzo. When everyone was chosen, they all went to work, slowly ro rolling snowballs through the deep dressed by the barn. They rolled till the balls were almost as tall as Amanzo. Then they rolled them into a wall. They packed snow between them and made a good fort. And each side made its own little snowballs. They breathed on the snow and squeezed it solid. They made dozens of hard balls. When they were ready for the fight, Royal threw a stick into the air and caught it. When it came down, James took hold of the stick above Royal's hand, then Royal took hold of it above James' hand, and so on to the end of the stick James had James' hand was last, so James had James' side had the fork. How the snowballs flew. Amanda ducked and dodged and yelled and threw snowballs as fast as they could, so they were all gone. Royal came charging over the wall with all the enemy after him, and Amanda rose up and grabbed Frank headlong. They went into the deep snow outside the wall, and they rolled over and over, hitting each other as hard as they could. Amanzo's face was covered with snow, and his mouth was full of it, And he, but he hung on to Frank and kept hitting him. Frank got him down, but Amanzo squirmed out from under. Frank's head hit his nose and began to bleed. Amanzo didn't care. He was on top of Frank, hitting him as hard as he could in the deep snow. He kept saying, Haul enough! Haul enough! Frank grunted and squirmed. He, hauled, he rolled half over, and Almanzo got on top of him. He couldn't stay on top of Frank and hit him, so he bore down with all his weight, and, put, and he pushed Frank's face deeper and deeper into the snow, and Frank gasped, Duff! Almanzo got up on his knees, and he saw a mother in the door of the house. She called, Boys, boys, stop playing that. It's time to come in and warm. They were warm. They were hot and panting, but Mother and the aunts thought the cousins must get warm before they rode home in the cold. Then they all went tramping in, covered with snow, and Mother held up her hands and exclaimed, Mercy on us! The girls were in the parlor, but the boys had to stay in the dining room so they wouldn't melt on the parlor carpet. They, could, they couldn't sit down because the chairs were covered with blankets and lamp rubs warming by the heater, but they ate apples and drank soda standing around, and Amanzo and Emma went into the pantry and ate bits off the platters. Then uncles and aunts and the girl cousins put on their wraps, and they brought the sleeping babies from the 
Bedroom rolled up in shawls. The slaves came jingling from the barn, and father and mother helped tuck in the blankets and levels over the hoop scoops. Everybody called goodbye, goodbye. The music with the sleigh bells came back for a little while, and then it was gone. Christmas was over. Thank you for listening to this 27th chapter. 26th chapter of Little Laura Ingalls Wilder's Farmer Boy. Thank you for listening. Have a good week and stay safe.